I was raised listening over and over, you're going to have a career, you're going to not be a housewife, you're not going to depend on any man ever. At a very young age, decided I wanted to be a doctor. It's not just a job. We are really there to try to make a difference. No matter what happens in life, you have to try to find what positive thing I can learn from this. I am so happy to have here a friend of mine and an amazing entrepreneur. Her name is Emilia Gomez, and she's from El Salvador. She's not only an entrepreneur, but she's an amazing mom, beautiful wife. She has a beautiful family, and the values they have are so inspiring to me that I decided to come all the way to Arizona Gilbert to interview her in person. We're in her house, which is an amazing, beautiful house. And I met Emilia back, I don't know, 10 years back. She wasn't even married, but she was pursuing her career as a pediatrician. So she became a pediatrician. And today I'm interviewing her as an entrepreneur. She has two clinics together with her husband. And I want to know how did she get here? So, Emilia, welcome to the show. I want to start by knowing a little bit about your background growing up in El Salvador. Thank you. So, I, like you said, was uh, born in El Salvador to a family where my dad was a provider, and that was his um, only role for the most part. And a mom who was very resentful of being a housewife and... Uh, raised me to be an extreme feminist where she would refuse to teach me how to cook, teach me how to clean, teach me how to do anything for uh, housework. And uh, I was raised listening over and over, you're going to have a career, you're going to not be a housewife, you're not going to depend on any man ever. Wow. So uh, at a very young age for whatever reason, decided I wanted to be a doctor. And it's silly because um, when you're growing up and going to interviews and people are training you, they tell you, never say that that's what you wanted to be since I was a little kid because it sounds so cliche and so fake. But that's the truth. Ever since I was a little kid, that's what I wanted to do. I, when I was in high school and I realized how much time that would take compared to any other career... And uh, the first time I heard that it's not just four years like any other careers, it's eight years of med school and then three years of residency before you can even go and have a quote unquote real job. I said, I can't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. So I even, uh, my mom took me to a psychologist. We went over three days of intensive testing and, and every time in the test there was anything to do with healthcare, I will try to not go to that. And after, and it was like a kind of like a, what you, you are going to be best at based on your oh. IQ, based on, on, on your qualities, what are your ideal jobs. Wow. And after three full days of that, I was like, yeah, you, I will be an awesome doctor. And if not, maybe a psychologist or a dentist. I'm like, okay. So I'm not going to go for a dentist because it's not my thing. And uh, and between psychologist and doctor, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. And now this test is telling me this will be the one thing that will make you happy. So I decided, okay, I'll just do it. Wow. How old were you when your mom took you to, this is like a behavioral 
test. Like a psychologist, yeah. To a, learn what your inclinations. Strength, yeah, strengths and where I, I would be abilities. the happiest and with, yeah, ability. So I was, uh, so it was, this was in high school, right? It was before actually going to uh, college. So I had to be like probably like 17, 16. That's pretty amazing, Emilia. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I have to tell you, <laughs> because so, my parents were the exact opposite. I know. My mother raised me to not, I mean, she didn't say it loud at any time, but I, she modeled it for me that she was there to support whatever my, my father was going to do. And he, the man needed to be the center of the career, the professionalism, the, the income, the breadwinner, right? Yeah. And when I went to decide whether, I, like your age, you know, right before college, to decide where, which career, they, my father actually said, well, you're only going to do it while you get married. And that stuck in my mind, yeah. not, not even like, oh, that's so wrong. No, mm -hmm. in my mind, I had that in my, you know, in my mind, I thought... That's the only thing I can do because I do. And it, and he presented it to me like the only options. You do want to be a mom, right? And and you want to have family. So it's it was like clear cut. If you want that, you can have the other. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of um, admire in a way what your mom did. You see, they come mm -hmm. from the opposites. And, and I understand that. It's funny, though, because now uh, fast forward so many years later, I can see how that was not an ideal situation either because I would love to be able to have a delicious food that I, my kids can say no one did it better than my mom. Um, I would love to be able to give my husband a good meal. Uh, things that I'm not probably, I will get there one day. Yes, I'm not putting a lot of energy in that right now, but um, you know, I would like to actually know how to clean because I don't. But nobody, yeah, nobody yeah. encouraged you to try that. No, not only just the uh, opposite, right? I was completely uh, raised to... Stigmatized. To don't even want to do it ever and don't even try to do it. Just don't. So now my mom will come here and she sometimes, kind of in a very um, judgmental way, ask me, where's that, that strong woman that would not want to serve a coffee to her husband that I try to raise. Wow. She would, she would reject that, that kind of... Tenderness uh, about you. Yeah, caring. but you need to have a balance. So it's funny that you mentioned that. So, Emilia, tell me a little bit about the thought process that took you from El Salvador over to the, to the U.S. Actually, I know you study in Los Angeles, California. You picked Los Angeles to go for pediatric... So, yeah, no. So I actually did med school in El Salvador. My, all my medical school was in El Salvador. Then once you're done with med school, you uh, if it's a school that is approved by the uh, United States, there's an entity in the U.S. that will um, approve certain medical schools all over the world as uh, comparable to any school here, which was my school I went to. Uh, then I came to LA, to Los Angeles, to uh, study for the test that any other medical student in the U.S. has to take in order to apply for residency. So that's what I was doing in LA. 
I was um, studying for those tests. And then as soon as I was done with those tests, I was able to um, apply for residency. And I did my residency in Phoenix, Arizona uh, for pediatrics. So if you want to go backwards, what actually brought me here is a combination of so many factors, of course, right? The first one was I was sent to a bilingual, bicultural school. So Mm -hmm. it's not only the fact that I was learning English, I was also learning about the culture of the United States of America. It became, for me, a country... That was just so amazing and full of so many opportunities and uh, mixed with a country, El Salvador, um, that is in so much conflict. I I was raised during a civil war where there were explosions and constant killing and a very dangerous situation between guerrillas and and the army and all that stuff. This is in 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 the 80s? Yeah, this was in the 80s. So that's what my childhood and teenager years were. Like, we would have to stop going to school because there was, like, a big armed thing where people were like gorillas were like going to people's houses and with with guns and and wow. either you joined them or you were gonna be killed kind of things and god of course we never were directly exposed but they will have to close businesses and schools because it was so dangerous pretty scary yeah, very scary so obviously i didn't want to be in that country and i i always had a dream to come to the united states so as as, as soon as as I finished med school, I, I knew that my goal was to come here. And I had family in, in Los Angeles that was, you know, going to you know be there and help me out a little bit with housing. And uh, that's how I decided to go to L.A. Uh, but it was completely me just saying I can't stay in a country that I was so unsafe. Wow. Was it hard for you to leave your family behind, or were you more like I need to get, I need to be independent and? So maybe it sounds harsh, but no, it was not hard. It was not hard. It, again, it, you were pursuing it, your dream. Yeah, it, that that the dream was bigger than anything else. And when you're young and well, youngish, yeah, you know, I was eight years um, uh, after high school, so. Uh, I just knew that my dream was that. So I've always been very goal-oriented. When I set myself a goal, I try to make sure it happens. So that's, that's great. Okay, Amelia, I have a question. I know I met you before you got married. And I want our audience to know that you have an amazing, loving husband who actually supports a lot of your, of your development as a career woman. And he has supported it from the beginning. So it's it's only fair that we introduce how you two met. So we met in Los Angeles. One of my family members was uh, classmates in junior high with Elmer. Introduced him as um, a dear friend that she loved so much. And as soon as I saw him, I fell in love with him. I, I, saw, I sound so... Again, so cliche. cliche. I don't care. I saw him. Uh, we spent the whole day together with 
with my cousin and him. Uh, and uh, he was also from El Salvador, <laughs> which is so funny because most people, when my friends were like, really, you go to the U.S. just to marry an El Salvadorian? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it also worked out was. for the best. Of too. course, yeah, yeah. So we... I uh, got married uh, after I finished studying for the tests that I had to do. And then the reason we moved to Arizona was because he was ge getting a promotion and he was sent here to be the regional manager for his company at that time. Which company was and, he? Well, he was working with General Electric. Okay, so he was sent to Arizona. As a general manager for the whole West Coast. For General Ele yeah. Electric. In the yeah. meantime, you already... Um, had your degree as a pediatrician. Uh, as a doctor. And I had finished my testing, but not as a pediatrician. So okay. to become a pediatrician, you had to do three years of residency after you're done with all the testing. In order to do that, you have to apply to uh, something called a match, where they just basically, you have to go to different states, interview. It's a long process, not to make it very simple. At the end, you can end up anywhere in the country. But I decided to only apply to Arizona because my husband's job was here. And I just left that to God. God, if this is a place, then I'm going to match here because it's a very hard thing to match in Germany one, one state. Most people, they really interview all over the country. I wonder for a second when you say that, because it comes to most of us women, mm -hmm. we sometimes put ourselves into that place where, well, if I get married and then how, how would that play? Or would it always play fine with my career? So I wonder if you ever thought, well, if you don't get a spot in Phoenix, Arizona, and your husband needs to move, to Phoenix, Arizona, what's going to happen oh, with I your told career? Him, I told him from the get-go, if I don't match here, next year we're moving wherever I match. That was not an option. Again, this so is not... So he was clear that... And he was fine to move wherever you got Yeah, a job. he had to be. Otherwise, we wouldn't be married. So when he went to uh, ask uh, my dad for my hand in marriage, very old school, but he did... My dad, the first thing he said was, you understand that she will burn water because, you know, that's who I am, right? And oh, he boy. said, I don't want a housewife. And uh, I marry him because of who she is and because I admire her. So we, if I moved to Phoenix because of him, what, why would he not move anywhere else if it was my turn? You know, anywhere you go, you can find a job. Right. Right. So, but we both needed to succeed, and it was never an option for me not to finish my career. And right. So you guys um, were in the same pace. That yeah, from the get from the get go. That's beautiful. I think I want you to tell me this story about moving to to Arizona. You both decided to move to Arizona. You got a job here, a match. How you call that? So in residency, yeah, you call it a match because you interview in different places and then you say, this is the places that I want to go to. And you just put in there the names of the hospitals that you would like to be trained on. And then uh, all these residency programs, which is the ones that train you to be different specialties, they also, this is all the people that we had interview. This is the people that we ideally would like. And, and then... Uh, they will do literally a match where if your choice number one 
is this hospital, but that hospital doesn't want you, you don't, you don't match. But if that hospital put you in the list of people they want and they have you as a first choice, then that's, it's a match. It's a match. So kind of like that. So I finished, um, I, I matched here. I, that year that I decided only to apply here, I literally interviewed in two hospitals. I have friends that had interviewed in 10 hospitals and don't match. I interviewed in two hospitals. And because God is great and because of the circumstances, when I came here, after two weeks of being a newlywed in a new city, I was ready to go and do something else because I was not going to be a housewife. So I went for... Uh, volunteer working and the only other thing I could do was being a medical assistant so I applied for the position just to at least have some exposure in the medical field and the person that I that hired me it was someone that uh, knew a lot of people and asked them can you please interview her and when I got to the interview I Ended up being interviewed by another Hispanic doctor who um, completely identified. We identified to each other. To this day, we're like dear friends. And she was the attending that interviewed me. And we had an amazing interview. Again, just God building step by step what he wanted me to be, right? From finding a job in a place that at least gave me the opportunity to make sure that I got an interview. And then when I get interviewed... I was interviewed by actually three different people and they, all of them, we clicked in a way. So that one Hispanic lady that we just had so much in common with. And um, then I was interviewed by another doctor who he was um, a very experienced pediatrician who uh, was the, the director of the outpatient clinic in the hospital. So he loved that I had... Uh, worked as an MA. He loved that when I was still in El Salvador, I had set up a free clinic to help out patients that needed some help while I was doing what we call a social year over there, where you just go and, so and you, serve. you set up a clinic before you came? I had done you- a free clinic, kind of like, you come here, we will be loving to... To just like if you need help, any you help. yeah. Who gave you the money to do the free clinic? Back no, there in was no money. It was just a you know community house, and and uh, we just said, can we just set up here? And we really didn't need anything except our, our you know examining tools. So there was no, there was nothing. We didn't really Not, need no any. Big there was expenses. no expenses at all. There was no expenses at all. I mean, we already have our stethoscope and our otoscope, and then we have our minds, and that's all you really need, right? When you don't have to worry about but paying rent. But if you need to do or, stitches or, or I don't know. We didn't do that kind of thing, right? It was more just like you have a new list, like we can help you. We will help you if you need something else. You guys that, will refer them. Yeah, we would just be like, we're sorry, we can't help you. You need to call to, to another, a specialist. To a doctor. Wow, that's yeah. beautiful. Emilia, I hear you say, um, thank God this and thank God that. And mm-hmm. because I know you personally, I know that you, God plays a big role in your life. And I want I, I want you to talk to me about that, believe. And how, how does that help you be, or how is that, you know... Uh, be part of all the things that you do because you mentioned God in everything well he, he's he's part of my life he, he again I was raised in, in a house that 
that uh, had those very values, values yeah, very fundamental. And and uh, the way I see life is that nothing that that we have and we do is without that bigger being that has created everything. So you know. So you see, always had that comfort of when you took a risk and you went. Um, and we'll talk about that uh, real soon. I want to talk to you about how from being a pediatrician, which is something amazing already, it's, it's an amazing career, how you, it played out that you became uh, an entrepreneur owning today mm -hmm. two clinics. So then that person that hired me as an MA that had asked for me to have an interview. What's an MA? A medical assistant. I see. You know, like kind of that person that rooms you and takes your vitals before you see the doctor. I that, see. Right? That's yeah. an MA. Yeah. So that person that hired me, she was also someone that believed in God. And, and so we had that in common and we really respected each other for 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 the, our values. And uh, as soon as I finished residency, she was ready to not be an, a business owner anymore. And she was just tired of that. Because it's a lot of work and she was doing it alone. Um, and she offered us to just buy her clinic. And wow. so we did. So that it was just, again, you know, out of residency in most of my... So uh, it was friend. God sent. It was God sent. Everything's God sent. Not it everything we have. It wasn't something that you had in mind from it the get-go. No, no, it wasn't. I, I really, truly believe that, uh, yes, you can pursue dreams, but you pursue the dreams... And God will put at, at any moment, he will lay down the foundations for whatever he really wants you to do. And uh, uh, and um, it's funny because obviously out of residency, most doctors, they don't want to go work on their own. We want to have other more experienced people around us because there's so much that we still don't know, right? Of course. And um, Elmer just told me, you know, What's the worst that can happen? We fail and you get a job and you still be making a lot of money. And That's your husband. That so was, it was your husband who actually gave you that push. To yes, yeah. I, I don't think I would have done it without him so fast. I would probably would have eventually done it. I think if it would have been up to me and the opportunity was not there, I would have gone and worked for a little bit with someone someone, and then opened my own business. I know myself enough that I know that I wanted to be my own boss and I, I wanted a, a place where I can feel comfortable being myself. So you always wanted your, your own practice. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily right away. Your mm -hmm. business. Yeah. Your clinic yeah. where yeah. you have other doctors underneath you and then you're yeah. opening a second clinic where you have yeah. where you manage all So so I knew I knew I was eventually gonna get there. It just happened sooner, but yes, it's something that I knew that I most likely was gonna end up wanting to do my own thing but we just did it a little bit earlier than that and that's because just opportunity was there and it made sense and because my husband not being a doctor but being a business person he actually you know so was able to he had he yeah he had already a plan he already knew you know do a business plan and you, you get loans and you do this and you do that and it's funny because we actually didn't most banks didn't give us any loans we ended up with some personal loans and some other things and obviously at the beginning like any business is something that he, yeah, he you know said very straightforward 
no business will actually give you probably anything in the first couple of years. So, so it was a struggle for a couple of years. But at any moment, was I discouraged or worried? Because, again, what's the worst that can happen? You close and go get a job, or you're going to still be paid a very decent amount of money. You're a doctor right. after all. So. Right. But were there any concerns about the money? Because you just said no banks um, gave you the money mm -hmm. to purchase this business. So I never stress about it because I, from the get-go, I have decided that I'm, I don't want to worry about money. I was going to make my husband be the one worry about it. So was it a little bit stressful from time to time knowing, you know, you have debt and, and knowing where we're going to get the money to pay for these? Um, I mean, yes, it was stressful. Emilia, we were talking about you and your husband taking the decision of purchasing the clinic from this doctor who actually fell in love with you and you guys kind of saw each other in each other's eyes and she was ready to retire. And if I understand correctly, she offered you the opportunity to purchase the clinic from her. Yes. And for your husband, it was a great business opportunity that of course needed, you know, re it represented a risk that you guys were willing to take because uh, like he presented it, worst comes to worst, you always have your your Career. degree mm -hmm. of pediatrician and you can go work for somebody else and mm -hmm. continue to do a good living and he could do something else. Yeah. So I wonder how did you, you said the banks didn't loan you the money? So remember, I just came to the States, so I didn't have a credit history. Correct. So I couldn't get any loans on my own. And then my husband, when he was very young and he comes from a very, very, very uh, humble background, um, didn't have uh, the the financial support that he needed. So while he was still a student, um, he he struggled and his credit score was not great at the time. So no bank really wanted to give us a... The money. A, yeah, a, a break. So we tried a couple banks. Actually, it's funny, I don't even recall it very good, but he says that we actually went to four different banks and they all say no. Wow. So then he went to his friends and he got personal loans for like a ridiculous uh, percentage of interest because wow. it's still a high risk for them, right? right? It's a high, and, and this is a high risk investment. High risk investment. And then we are, there was a small loan place too. Can't remember who they are now, but they also gave us a, a small loan. So with all these little loans from different people, You ended up purchasing We the ended clinic. up being able to have enough to purchase the clinic. How much money did you guys need? To, to start, I think that we got probably like around $40,000. It was like $10 here, $10 there, $10 there. I, that, I'm sorry, but really that's the, the money part is mostly Elmer. Like there's a lot of of questions you were going to have about money that I'm not going to be able to answer because I only have a very, very vague idea. I love, I love that you guys have very, um, that you guys have very organized who does what in the business. I love it that the business is built around you because you're the pediatrician, you're mm -hmm. the head pediatrician in your clinics and, and you know everything about the medical stuff. And I adore mm -hmm. that, 
not only you are a good couple when it comes to your relationship and building your family, you balance each other out. I can mm -hmm. see that because he loves cooking, you don't cook. Mm -hmm. So you complement each other in so many ways. And that's very, very rare to see that and also see that a couple that is, complements each other in, in life mm -hmm. are very great business partners. I think that the biggest reason, and I have to go to just, although you shouldn't compare, comparing to other uh, business owners in the same industry, similar backgrounds, you know, a doctor and a spouse that is not a doctor. And, and when you see their struggles, uh, the biggest thing is that I learned from my husband that you should not love money and people put too much love or or. Uh, passion or, or, or importance in that. Yes, money is extremely important and gives us the life that we have, right? But it's okay if you share it and it's okay if it doesn't work and if you lose it, you can make more. You cannot make more husbands. I mean, you can, but <laughs> you don't, ideally don't want to. You, no, I get what you're saying. It's yeah. put the importance where the important yeah. stuff are. Yeah. Not not give so much importance to what you lost or what mm -hmm. you risked. You risk in regards to money or what you're not making or what you're making, but put the importance in family yeah. and love. And People at the end get very sensitive about money and, and they get really obsessed about it and, and they lose They lose track of what's truly important in life, which is... And what it is truly important in life for Emilia Gomez? Well, it's funny because it's the same thing that someone asked me so many years ago when I was still in my early 20s. What do you want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want to accomplish in life? And, and I, I already had an answer for that. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good doctor. I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good friend and uh, that person immediately went like wow I ask this question all the time and people never know never know how to answer that and you know exactly what you want and to this day that's all I want I just want to be a, a, a good person that brings the goodness to the world and 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 I know I'm not perfect and I'm not gonna be a good wife all the time because there's no perfection in anything right i'm not gonna right. be a good mom all the time i'm not gonna be a good christian all the time i'm not gonna be a, a, a good doctor all the time i try my best and i wake up and and just pray that i can be the best that i can be and i can learn every day and that i can just give the best And then you come down and then the kids start yelling and then all of a sudden you're yelling and I'm like, nope, <laughs> let's restart. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's a constant growth. I believe you have to constantly keep growing as a person, constant change. You, you have to admit when you make mistakes and regroup. Emilia, you said you guys ended up raising around $40,000 in order to purchase the clinic from friends and family, mostly from friends. And um, I do I have to add, though, I think that also Elmer touched his 401k and his personal savings. So it was probably a little bit more than that altogether at the beginning. And it was mostly uh, the kind of money that it was there for an emergency kind of That's how we were living. Like the, the business itself, the biggest expense was given a down payment 
to the previous owner and um, then the rest was more for paying our livelihood while the business would start making money on their own. Wow. Was that time scary at all for you guys? Yeah, of course it was. It was stressful and my husband always said, don't worry about money, Dad, let me worry about it. So even even though it was a little bit scary, I, I did learn to trust him. And, and then just that reminder, what's the worst that can happen? You just get a job and you will be fine. And just remembering that that that's true right so but of course it was scary it was stressful from time to time did it affect at all your relationship not with my husband not with him because he was always there to to make sure that I was not stressing too much about it but of course it was you know um a struggle and at the beginning learning to be a boss and kind of making sure that my staff was being resourceful and responsible and it's scary when they will make a mistake that can cost you thousands and thousands of dollars, especially the whole being a pediatrician and you have to purchase vaccines and those vaccines are very expensive and if you don't keep them at a certain temperature, it can be all ruined and then you can be out of you know tens and tens of thousands of dollars so you, you also know. stepped into a new field oh completely new yeah i had no idea something. how to be a business owner that was one of a very fun thing though a very fun i really enjoyed not just being a doctor but learning about hr and management and learning about uh, everything that involves being a business owner did it scare you at all when you were about to take that leap It was too exciting. It was too exciting. So I'm I'm going to have to say no. From time to time, I will get a little bit anxious. So yes. you felt the fear. It was no, it was a, a more anxiety, more like a little, like little uh, butterflies in your stomach kind of thing. But scared, scared, like fearful, no. So it's a difference, right? Like it was not a negative, fearful or scary feeling. It was a... Uh, a positive one. It was like, a, oh, this is all new, and because it's new and unknown, it's so hard sometimes. But, but then I would pray. We were like, okay, let's just pray and let's regroup, and and then that will give you peace. And then and, you know, having that person, my husband, there saying, don't worry about it. Let me worry about it. It's all gonna be okay. Just having that one person that keeps you back, puts you back to that space. Where you, where you just feel grounded again, where you're like, yes, that's true. You can let go of your fears and and feel that you're... When we started, it was tiny. The clinic started so tiny. I mean, when we took over, honestly, we probably overpaid for it. Now, going back and thinking about it, we probably overpaid for it. But it's okay. But it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity. We didn't know any better. And, uh, you know, uh, still this person was a person that gave me that opportunity of having that interview. So in in a way, I feel like I really owed her something so out of respect we didn't even negotiate or bargain at all when she set a price and we didn't even question it and uh it was a tiny thing with, so how many was, how three how examining small? rooms it was so so tiny that square footage it was like ridiculous it was one little tiny waiting area one little tiny admin area and in the same admin area there were files and desks and that's what they would be eating and then there was like a little lab and three exam rooms 
It was a very tiny, tiny place that was not even owned. It was leased. So we had to play, pay a lease on that place, which is something that I strongly disagree nowadays, right? So as soon as we started growing the clinic, we were so blessed as a pediatrician, normally you have to go to round in hospitals to get newborns and then they become your patients. And that's how most pediatricians grow their clinics. Uh, we were so blessed that uh, because of like, yeah, because of the way things were run, because of just the passion that, that, that I have, I guess, and me, me wanting to, to be the best that I can, word to mouth was a, such a big thing that I never had to go to a hospital. I've never had to do that. People so just keep coming. People keep coming because they just hear from us. That's my beautiful. husband does the whole marketing part of it too. So every event that there is in the town, then we'll just, you know, he'll go there and pass flyers and give freebies and, and just keep people aware of our existence. And and it, and it's also the fact that before we did decided to buy or um, we, uh, he, he went and did the homework. He went and drove around and looked at, at the location and knew that it was a growing city and knew that you have to do your diligence, right? You just do it blindly. He, of course. he did all of that part of like research marketing. Yeah, making sure that he, he does the marketing, but yeah, he did the research to make sure that it was an area that it was going to be successful and that he, there was a lot of uh, new families coming in and um, all of the economics related to the city and the type of patient that was or type of families that were coming in. So. Beautiful. Um, so then we, oh my goodness, it was hard the first couple of years. It was really hard. I just finished residency. I was, I had, I just had a baby. And Your first one? Yeah, my first one, Mateo. And I just had a baby and I became an owner and solo practitioner. So Everything was, in the same year. And the same month, right? The so same month. We bought the clinic in April. I was done with residency in June, July. Mateo was born in May. Wow. And so in the first, like, what, summer time, I was doing all that. And then I went to be a solo doctor there and worked really hard, long hours, over 40 hours a week, seeing patients growing the clinic. So that was a time of sacrifice where I couldn't see my family. I couldn't see my husband a lot or my kid a lot. So as soon as... Did you breastfeed? Yeah, I did. The whole... 13 months for him. I love breastfeeding. It's one of my passions. And 13 months I did with him. And... uh, Do you remember... Do you remember... I I try to picture you back then in my mind and I, I cannot even see how your day went. Can you tell me a little bit of how you managed your hours or from what time to what time you did what? So get up, feed the baby, get ready for work, go to work from 9 to 6, and get home at 6.30 or 7 p.m., sometimes 7.30, to see my baby. Elmer, my husband, made sure that I could see Mateo more, so he hired people to take care of our son in as soon as we were able to expand a little bit, that the three exam room, we, we, we leased the, the back, the office. So then it became a five exam room office. And then we had Mateo 
in uh, in a little area, and he so I could in between patients and for lunchtime I could still see him. Oh, so I still was able to do that. And so you had somebody taking care of him or playing with him in one of those exam rooms. Yes, yes, and a little back of and not an exam room. It was just like a little area that it just became his play area, so that I could still see him a little bit. He was still very resentful that I was not there enough. Like I remember him being a year and a half and being so mad when I would get home. And that's when I told him I need to work part time. I want to be part of his life. I want to be a good mom, too. I cannot. So be you absent. had to recalibrate mm-hmm. along can, the way. You didn't know exactly from yeah, the get go yeah. how. And then a year and a half later, we were making enough money that it was becoming obviously a, a, a good decision and a good success. Uh, and uh, I could have, again, just love money and keep working, working. really hard and, and getting tons of money or hire a doctor. They have big salaries that you have to pay for them, but hire a doctor so I can spend Which more meant time. less profit less or profit. more quality of time. And that's what we did. Immediately, you know, my husband said, sure, let's do that. So I went part-time so I could be with my kid. And then uh, that's how we hired the first doctor in our clinic. And then all of a sudden we were so busy between both of us that we moved to a second location. We bought that one as soon as we could. The lease was over. We were not going to renew a lease. We, Great. We moved into what is now the location where we're at. And in the same is, area? In the same complex. No way. Same, like literally we just all grab our boxes and walk to the almost next door. Wow. A, and you purchased that and place. That's, that's a, one of our locations. And that place is eight exam rooms. Did you guys purchase that place with bank loans? Yes, yeah, so but that at that time now we, we had already got rid of all the loans. We paid them as soon as we could. We have were done paying the previous owner of that uh, that business. So as soon as we could We, we got another loan. We got an architect. We got our um, a, a different loan just for uh, tenant improvements is what they, they call it. And, um, and, and, uh, and we got our second location, which is where we are right now. Where we love it there is eight exam rooms and a nice break room and a nice big admin area where we can work. And... It's so funny, and, and then we got so busy that we ended up hiring another doctor. So the first doctor we hired, she loved it so much that her husband said, hey, I would love to work there. And he even took a pay cut from an, a work environment that was not just like the one that he wanted to be in, to go somewhere where he will feel respected and appreciated. So those two doctors are, have been with me for a long time now. And, and her husband is also a doctor? Yep, they're the three of them. That we're all pediatricians, so... Wow, so, so you guys are four pediatricians now. So three, three pediatricians. Three. Yeah. Including then, you? Yeah, so it's me and the two of them. And we're actually right now interviewing to hire a fourth one because then, um, again, wisdom from my husband and seeing the population and the need he saw that there was another area that was far away from the clinic that needed pediatricians and a lot of those people were coming to our clinic so people were traveling to come to you 40 minutes 40 minutes and that's me. when your husband took notice and he went like wow what mm -hmm. if we just open an, another, another clinic yeah. in that location people 
wouldn't have to drive 40 minutes to come to you exactly. and we create recreate the whole thing over there mm-hmm. and you have a second clinic and you yeah. keep expanding yeah. on your vision yes. to give great service to mm-hmm. put your passion and love into all your patients and and keep on hiring people that have that passion for what they do yeah and that is uh basically the culture of our clinic is what i tell everyone and all of our employees like we're not here just for our job we're here to serve we're here to make a positive difference in people's lives and uh, and i'm always constantly reminding them about being compassionate and kind and uh, being uh team players and reminding them that We're here for a bigger good than just a job. It's just doing our jobs. It's yeah. not just a job. We are really there to try to make a difference. In between, Amelia, you had your second child. Yes. And I know it wasn't an easy pregnancy. Talk no. to me about that. No, just, you work through it. And that's just another goal and another um, challenge. And uh, You got yes. a little bit sick with... Um, what so, was it? it? It was just the fact that, you know, uh, my... It was really hard to walk because one of my nerves was pinched. So wow. it was part of that. And, and then gestational diabetes. So then I had to change how I was eating. And then... Um, just, I'm asking you because you make it seem so rosy. The uh, path. And I, I, love, rosy, yeah. I love that you only remember the good things and the bad things are like, ah, that's nothing. You know, yeah, it happened. But it's... it's I love that you have a positive outlook in life and I can see that that is why you have gone from A to B to C and you continue spreading that light and that love and that you talk with so with such a patience um, to your personality is like a personality that gives you calmness and and you definitely I, I bet your patients get that from you and that's why they keep on coming back to you. But I know that through all that growing spurt, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that way, and all that success, there were moments where you were like really having hard times. I think Orit, that the reason is because no matter what happens in life, is how you take it that's what's going to make a difference so no matter what comes to you you have to try to find what positive thing i can learn from this so it doesn't become something that's gonna pull you down and it's gonna drown you and it's gonna make you just feel self-pity you have to go above that so the reason i completely you're right i actually forget about all those difficult moments is because no matter how difficult it is Did I like having gestational diabetes? No. Did I like that I had to give up rice and ice cream and chocolate? No. Do I now? I'm so thankful that I gave up those things. Yes, because it makes me a healthier person. And I realized that I was being attached to things that are not the best for you. So, I mean, you just have to see life. And in, in, in it's your option. Is this going to make me bitter and unhappy? Or am I going to find a way to make this a positive experience? And there's moments in life that there's no way. There are certain situations that are going to be horrible and, and are going to be hard. But I have been blessed that I haven't had to experience any of that extremely, you know, 
horrible things in life, devastating things in life, right? I, I haven't yet, and I know that one day it's going to happen, right? The moment I lose my mom or my dad or, or you know, sooner or later there's going to be something there. But you have to just make the best out of every situation. You have to, otherwise you're going to drown yourself. You're going to just concentrate on the negatives you can't do that or you're gonna not be a happy person and right and it's hard to overcome some of the things and and i obviously because i haven't been through them i can't tell you how to overcome them but i can tell you that no matter what not everything happens for for, happens for a reason that that's not true i really truly believe that is true many times we say oh things happen for a reason sometimes no sometimes some things are really horrible and harsh and it's life but but that's it's your choice what to do with that situation, right? Once mm-hmm. it happens and there's nothing you can do to change it, there's no point of you just dwelling on it. I see. You have to just say, well, I can't change it. I don't want to be miserable. I have to accept that that's a new reality in my life and just move on because there's too many uh, beautiful things in life. I, I'm still alive. I, I still can perform, do be love i'll do that right right beautiful emilia i always want to finish my interviews asking what was the life hack that that actually if you can remember i know we have many but what's the main life hack you want to share with the audience that helps you balance out family and career and business and keep your, you know, relationship working. Uh, it's hard to say one thing. I don't think I have like one specific thing. But when you mentioned that, the only thing that came to me fast was like, become more intentional. So now I don't say, oh, I want to see you again. Let's do, plan- let's do something soon. There's nothing there. You have to plan it. So that moment that I truly want to go and spend time with someone... I'm going to be like, this day, this time, let's put it in our calendars. So I guess I have to say technology in the sense that I put myself reminders. Like I'm like constantly putting alarms of do these, my calendar, having a good calendar that will remind me that I have to, uh, you know, book Andrea's or pay for Andrea's, um, my daughter's uh, preschool every every Sunday and I have to put an alarm there so I don't forget because otherwise I'll forget and being intentional about everything you do by being intentional means you commit to it and you just stop just wanting things but just commit to them by scheduling them so scheduling everything is extremely important that's great that's great great advice yeah so having intention in everything you want to accomplish and scheduling it yeah yeah, no, like, just, okay, I'm going to LA. I'm like, Orit, I want to see you. So this is where I'm free. What are we going to do? It's, uh, it's, uh, yesterday was this huge birthday party for our son who's 39. I was so blessed and happy to see so many people I love here. And some of them will say, let's do something. And then when I ask them, okay, tell me when, they don't have a date and time. Right. But then... But some did, and and like right. and it's awesome to be able to just commit to like let's do it. Be and, intentional, right? Be intentional. So you basically select 
what are the things where you want to put your intention instead of just over committing yeah, everywhere and can. not doing yeah, you everything. Don't do anything, yeah. So it's like, you know, I actually Great. out of yesterday's party, I already planned like, you know, let's get dinner together with two different families because I want to make sure that the connection is still there. Right. 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 So. I love it. Have intention. Mm-hmm. Focus on your intentions and yeah. just commit to it. Um, and one last question, Emilia. If there was an opportunity to meet the Emilia of the past face to face, what would you tell her? What, what uh, good advice would the Emilia of today have for her? It's so funny because it has nothing to do with career. I'll be like, don't date that guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because that's the first thing that comes to my mind. But then I would just tell her to work harder. I wish I could go back and spend more time with the specialists and spend more time with in, in, in school. Just I wish I could just like know more. I wish I could have worked even harder than I did. And I know I worked hard and I know I didn't sleep a lot, but I, I know that I could have even do it even more, you know? Better so, when you were younger. Yeah, I wish I could just have studied more and work harder than I did. You know, sometimes I also have that thought of myself. If I were to go back, I would tell myself, oh, don't lose so much time talking about with these boys and, and <laughs> yeah. talking about that party Call or going more. to that yeah. other party. Yeah. Just focus and study yeah. And, yeah. And, and learn more. Yeah. I, I so much have that too, because nowadays that we have that wiseness, that knowing more gets mm-hmm. you places faster. Mm-hmm but we don't have that much time. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go back but, also and tell, yeah. you know, the the younger audit, just focus on the, yeah. you know, Study on learning, more. on learning, yeah. absorbing everything. And I'm Thank pretty you. sure that the future us will tell us right now to just enjoy life more too, right? Enjoy your kids. So that's what I'm trying to do. I could be working harder, but at this point, I don't want to work harder. I want to... I want to spend all my free time. I know, agree with you. Definitely. Living life, right? Just work. We want to work to have a life. We don't want to live to work. Correct. Right? Yeah. And I, as a mom, I relate to that. I see my kids, they're um, nine and six, them. and they're already so independent. And mm-hmm. I sometimes, some years back, I would complain like, oh my God, I don't have a life. I can't do anything. I can't get anything mm-hmm. accomplished. But now I'm like... Slow down. Don't grow so fast. I want to enjoy you. And I am doing a lot of things. But still, I want to hold on to this moment. To be there and be the best mom I can. And yeah, that's definitely part of my, my success in life. A big part. And I guess, I mean, what is, I don't want to... Uh, answer to my own question what is success for you Emilia what does success mean to Emilia Gomez mm-hmm. being the best mom again being the best wife again so I don't know I got emotional you got emotional <laughs> that's beautiful it's, it's the same thing success is that I was able to accomplish um, what I wanted to be a good wife a good mom a good doctor that's beautiful I got emotional too <laughs> Thank you, Amelia, so much. You have greatly inspired me through this interview, and I'm pretty sure you're going to keep on being the amazing mom you are, the amazing wife, 
and you for sure are an amazing person that keeps on spreading light and I cannot even imagine how amazing of a pediatrician you are, how much care do your patients get from you. Um, I could only wish I, I, <laughs> I lived here to bring my kids to you, so to have you be our pediatrician, but I'm, I'm so blessed I have you as a friend. So thank you so much, Amelia.